may be a degenerate, but he's our degenerate. Nonsense. I've not yet begun to defile myself. The Adam Crowley Show on ESPN Pittsburgh. Free agent pitcher Wade LeBlanc has agreed to a minor league deal with the New York Yankees. That's a final straw! You found the Crowley Show where your mom listens, and you should too. 412-922-2874 is the number to call. Or you can join the cast of dozens and follow me on Twitter at underscore Adam Crowley. Last night... I got knocked down a peg. I feel like a lot of you do today. West Virginia, the number one thing in my life when it comes to sports, and they blew a 16-point lead to Kansas, just topping off what was an awful sports weekend for me. And for all of you, this sucks right now. Snow's sideways right now outside of the studio here in Pittsburgh. The Steelers lost. Mike Tomlin spoke today and didn't say anything. Ben Roethlisberger spoke today and had some things to say. We'll get to that. But the Steelers are done. The Pirates are done for the considerable future, I would think. Then you got to wait until tomorrow night at 10 o'clock to watch the Penguins. They're your saviors, and unfortunately, you got to wait. I was craving hockey. Earlier today, I had to look on my phone, my app, to see when the next time the Penguins played was because I needed a pick-me-up. At least we've got the Penguins, Pittsburgh. At least we've got the back-to-back Stanley Cup champs. And they've won four in a row and look like they might be getting things turned back around. I'm fed up, though, mostly with the Pirates. And I am fed up with the way that things went down with the Steelers and some of the takes that have come out since then. But we start with the Pirates because every time I see Bob Nutting's face, I want to punch it. Every time I see Bob Nutting's face, I think about all the awful things I would do to him if I were in a one-on-one situation with that man. We're not talking about anything sexual here. I don't like him, he's a despicable human being, and he lies because he's a liar. Sometimes people lie out of necessity. Sometimes people lie because they need to do it because it's best for them. And sometimes people lie because they're liars. He falls into that category. For example, here's a question that Lance Lysowski asked of Bob Nutting yesterday when he spoke to the media. Lance will join us later today. Bob, each club is reportedly getting money from the sale of MLB Advanced Media. With that and some of the payroll has been cut, what would you say to a fan who would question where that money is going and some of the payroll you guys have shed? Yeah, well, certainly on the uh, on the VamTech uh, distribution, that's a one-time distribution. No decision's been made on where that's going to go. But we need, in addition to infusing talent, to continue to support the player facilities, the overall team operations facilities, capital improvements we've been able to do, but no decisions been made on those. Bull bleep. Bull bleep. No decision has been made? None? You are a billionaire. One who has created businesses and run businesses to the point where you're making money every single year. A lot of money every single year. And you're going to tell the fans that you don't know what you're doing with the $50 million? 
It's a lie. And he lies because he's a liar. You ever dated somebody and at the beginning of the relationship you have some qualms with the way that they've behaved? Hey, maybe don't do that. Eh, sometimes you're a little too flirty with that guy. Eh, you may be sleeping with him. And they say, no, I'm not. Yeah. And it never changes. The behavior never changes. She's tickling your friend on the chest. She's touching his face. And then you find out that she's been sleeping with him. Yeah. So she says, look, I love you. It was a mistake. It's never going to happen again. And if you take her back, if you believe that she's not going to cheat on you again, then the next time she does, I don't blame her. I blame you. She wanted her cake, and she wanted to eat it, too. And you wow. let that happen. Pirates fans, Bob Nutting is that cheating girlfriend. Bob Nutting wants the cake, and he wants to eat it, too. He thinks you're all stupid. When he says quotes like that, when he tells you he doesn't know what he's going to do with the $50 million, that's a lie. He thinks Lance is going to believe the lie. He thinks that the media is going to believe the lie. And then, by extension, he believes you're stupid, and he believes that you're going to believe the lie, too. He thinks you're dumb. In his world, he's making money, and you go to his ballpark, and he's having his cake, and he's eating it, too. So here's the thing, Pittsburgh. Here's the thing, Pirates fans. If you're a real fan of this organization, if you're a real fan of that P, if you're a real fan of these Pittsburgh Pirates, if you're a Bucko fan, and you consider yourself a real one, then what you have to do this summer is not go to PNC Park. Rob Rossi wrote a really good column for the Trib saying just that. And he DM'd me and he said I was the inspiration because I've been so against the Pirates for the last year plus now saying, I'm not going to games. I'm not watching on TV. People, if you go to PNC Park and you support the franchise as it is constructed right now, then you're not a real Pirate fan. You might like baseball. You might be going out for a family event. But being one of those quote-unquote diehards who sticks with the team thick and thin, whenever you pretend to be a captain, no pun intended, sinking with that pirate ship, it doesn't make you a better fan than me. In fact, to me, it makes you a worse fan. You see, all of you pirate fans bitch and moan and cry and scream and yell and complain when things like this happen, when McCutcheon gets traded, when Cole gets traded, last year when Juan Nicasio gets moved because of $600,000, when these things all happen, you say you're not going to go. You say you're not going to watch. But yet people watch this year. People went to PNC Park this year. You can scream all you want, but it's just lip service. You have to hold yourselves accountable to hold him accountable. You have to say, I'm not going to PNC Park so that people don't fill that place up and so that he can't line his pockets with your money. If you're a true Pirates fan, if you really care, if you really want to see this franchise be successful, if you really want to see them 
in the next 20 years have a winning season or two, you need to make sure that you don't give him, Bob Nutting, any of your cash. You think I'm harsh? 412-922-2874. You think I'm wrong? 412-922-2874. Do you think I'm a better fan for not going? Or do you think you're a better fan for going? 412-922-2874. Because to me, if you don't go and you don't watch, you're doing what you have to. Because this guy's a tyrant. And all he cares about is the bottom line. And all he wants to do is lie to you. Speaking of lies, remember a couple of years ago when Neil Huntington said that the Pirates want Andrew McCutcheon to end his career in a Pirates uniform? He knew at the time that was never going to happen. The organization knew at the time that was never going to happen. They lied to you. Because that's what liars do. They lie. Cheaters cheat and liars lie. Bob Nutting's a liar. They were never going to keep Andrew McCutcheon throughout the end of his career. And they said it so that in the moment you would still go to baseball games at PNC Park. Don't believe a word that comes out of this guy's mouth. He thinks you're stupid. Don't allow him to be right. Moving forward, be smart. Because too many of y'all have been dumb lately. I didn't go to a Pirates game last year. I didn't watch the second half of the season. I didn't contribute to the ratings or attendance. And I host a sports show. I have to watch these games. And I didn't. Because it's fundamentally wrong. It's against my moral compass to support that man. True pirate fans feel like I do. The bad ones, despite what they might say, despite how they'll wave that Jolly Roger in your face, well, they're not the true fans. 412-922-2874. Here's a report that's out. Saw it on a number of different sites today. Minority owners of the Pittsburgh Steelers want Mike Tomlin gone. Joe, uh, I see what you just did there. I'd like for you to crack the mic and join me in this laugh because... (laughs) 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 He's not going anywhere. He's not going anywhere. And I posted on Twitter in a quote tweet with that tweet that there's zero chance in hell that he goes anywhere, so it's not worth having the discussion at all. I'm not going to go so far. He's not going to go. Steelers fans have flooded my timeline on Twitter. Mike Tomlin's got to go. This team would be undefeated with Belichick. This, that, the other. He's terrible. He's not going anywhere. And the Steelers haven't even had the discussion. They won't have the discussion. It's not even being thought about. So it's not something I really want to entertain on this radio program. I'm all for hypotheticals. Radio is about hypotheticals. But that's a hypothetical that's not worth discussing because most hypotheticals that I do bring up have an opportunity to come to fruition at some point. This does not. And frankly... Should not happen anyhow. Minority owners think that they're going to push the Roonies around. 
that's rich. It ain't going to happen. It is. And it shouldn't happen. Mike Tomlin, just so you know, 33rd all-time in wins, 15th all-time in winning percentage, 5th in winning percentage for any coach since 1980, 33 wins shy of Bill Cowher, and he'll do that coming up in the next four years. Mike Tomlin shouldn't be fired. Mike Tomlin won't be fired. And that's the last I'll say about that. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Got into this one a little bit at the end of the show yesterday, but it's something I'd like to expand upon as the show continues today. Those Steelers that talk... Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown, Martavis Bryant, the guys who caused all the quote-unquote distraction this year, the guys that you all bitch about endlessly, they're the dudes that won the game for the Steelers on Sunday. The defense largely lost the game for the Steelers on Sunday. Le'Veon Bell tweeted out on midnight the day before the game, I love round twos. We'll have round twos in back-to-back weeks. That shows confidence. I don't mind it. I understand why others would, though. Le'Veon talked about retirement, his possible future, just a couple of days before the Jags game. Antonio Brown trash-talked the Bengals. He talked about karma after Juju Smith-Schuster knocked out Vontez Perfect. Martavis Bryant called out Juju on Instagram. He complained. He wound up getting suspended for a game. All these players are part of the so-called distraction culture here in Pittsburgh. And some people like Mark Madden, some hosts from across the street, have said, you can't win with those guys. Yeah, those are the guys you do win with. Bell, 25 for 155, two touchdowns. Brown, 7 for 132 and two touchdowns. Bryant, 2 for 78 and one touchdown. You win with them, you don't win if you don't have guys like that. That's the reality. More on that later on in the show. Ben Roethlisberger said today on his radio show with Crook and Phony that there's not a call for a quarterback sneak in the playbook, and when they get to the line, he doesn't have verbiage to be able to call that there either. I think that's bull bleep on a number of different levels. We'll talk about that in depth at 440. I'll get Will Graves' thoughts on that and on the disastrous Pittsburgh Pirates coming up next. You're listening to The Crowley Show. As we speak, Andrew McCutcheon is sitting next to Bruce Bochy wearing a Giants hat. And it makes my soul hurt. McCutcheon just said this, quote, Very happy to be a part of this organization. It's an organization that knows what winning is all about. I'm very excited to be here to be a Giant. End quote. Right in the feels. Joining me now to discuss that debacle and the other debacle that took place on Sunday is our buddy from the Associated Press. He is Will Graves. Will, this is a bad time to be a Pittsburgh sports fan, I would say. Uh, Unfortunately, a bad time to be a WVU Hoops fan. (laughs) I opened the show with that today, not to dive into it in all that much detail, but on Saturday morning, they were 15-1, number two team in the country. They were up by 11 on the number 8 team in the country, lost to them. Then they're up by 16 
to Kansas and they lose to them. That sucks. It's just been a terrible weekend. Uh, yeah, this has been this is it. It's not good. It's it, it's uh, twenty eighteen is making twenty seventeen look like Camelot at this point. So it is. Uh, Will before we get to the pirate stuff. Ben Roethlisberger spoke today for the final time on the Crook and Phony show, and he said that he does not have the ability to go to the line and call a quarterback sneak. He also said that it's not in the playbook. So let me attack this two different ways. One, if it's not in the playbook, then the offensive coordinator should be fired. Two, Ben Roethlisberger is kidding all of us and himself if he doesn't think he has full autonomy to do whatever the bleep he wants to do. The Steelers let him do whatever the bleep he wants to do off the field. They let him say stuff. They let him do whatever the bleep he wants to do on the field. He's made a career of improvisation. So I think that's BS. Yes. Okay, moving on to the Pirates. <laughs> I mean, like, I just think this guy, is a, he's a politician, you know, and that, that segment is a 20-minute ad every week, right? And... This allows him, you know, this, these are his last comments of public record. When we get a press release sometime in the next couple of weeks, it says Randy Fickner is the new offensive coordinator. You know, Todd can, you know, Ben can say, look, I don't have any problem with Todd. And, and I want to be clear here. I mean, they've had a pretty good relationship in terms of production. Okay. I mean, Todd, Todd Haley has helped with Ben Roethlisberger put up the kind of numbers that are going to make him a Hall of Fame quarterback. If he continued on the track where he was the first, you know, seven, eight years of his career where he's pretty good passer, but it's like, well, they're a running team and they're this and they're that. I mean, he gets in the Hall of Fame because he won a couple of Super Bowls on teams with ridiculous defenses, by the way. And, and he played great against Arizona. But, I mean, Todd made him, you know, he's in the top ten in passing all time, top ten in, you know, getting there towards touchdowns, getting into those all-time records because of Todd Haley, okay? We're never going to hear that, but that's the truth. He gets hit less. He's more productive. That is part of the design. And whose job is it to come up with the design? It's Todd Haley's job to come up with the design. So do you agree? That being, do you that agree? being said, okay. and I'll, I'll, one last little thing, one last little thing. That being said, sometimes these things run their course. It's been six years. I like Todd. I'm kind of over the, the passive-aggressive drama between the two and ready to move on. So, Couldn't agree more. I think sometimes you just overstay your welcome, and I don't even know if that's the right phrasing for Todd, but sometimes things just get stale, and sometimes you need a change just for the sake of change. I really believe that, and if Randy would keep the same scheme intact, just have a more friendly relationship with Ben Roethlisberger, then I think it would probably be worth it. But backtracking just a bit here, is it not ludicrous that they haven't had quarterback sneaks in the playbook for 40 freaking games, Will? I mean, I think the Patriots are laughing. They have to be. It's such an easy, efficient play that, frankly, doesn't put the quarterback in all that much risk because nobody gets a running start at him. Right. I mean, I agree. It's funny, though, how, like, that's not Ben being Ben, right? <laughs> I mean, I get it. If you want to protect your invest when you got a lot invested in this guy, he, look, he's a Hall of Famer. I, I've never said that he's not a good quarterback uh and i his some of his teammates seem to respect him a great deal i just think that i'm sort of again exhausted by the the just the the politics of the whole thing yeah look he at any point nobody's going to complain if 
he taps Pouncey on the butt and moves forward three feet, and they get a first down. <laughs> and if they do, if somebody does, you know, then that's if, if Todd says, well, you know, he kind of went rogue there. Well, then guess what? Then you can you can go at Todd. It's a no lose situation for Ben to tap Pouncey on the butt and call a quarterback snake. There is zero loss in there for him. So it's it's an odd. The whole thing is just odd. It's odd. Will Graves from the Associated Press joining me here on the Crowley Show. That's for the Pirates, Will. Will people still go? Will PNC Park be, let's say, 85% full uh, for weekend games throughout the season? Should people mm-hmm. still go? Look, I mean, it's a, it's a personal choice. Uh, people can be mad at Bob Nutting, um, and, and, and I get it. Every business owner, though, has the right to run his business the way that he sees fit. Uh, and you have the right to whether you want to patronize that business or not. Does that mean if you're a Major League Baseball fan, you say, I'm not going to spend my 25 bucks to go to the Pirates game? I mean, yeah, does that suck if you're a a baseball fan that wants to go to baseball games but have a philosophical difference and anger at the way that the business is run? Yeah. Um, It does suck, but he can – I mean, you know what they say, don't hate the player, hate the game. I mean, this is sort of the game, you know, and it – they're not the only club that does this. I mean, I'll be very interested to see where Kansas City is at. Um, that's you know when the hot stove finally gets going. They got a bunch. They won a World Series with a by the way with a record that over the three years stretch that was worse from thirteen to fifteen. That was worse than the Pirates. The Royals got the two World Series and won one. They did, okay. but they also tried to go in when they were at that point. They went out and they got Johnny Cueto. The Pirates did nothing like that. I mean, well, Cueto was the fact. I mean. Jay, they went and got Jay Happ, and Jay Happ was a world beater. Marlon Bird was a difference maker for them in thirteen. I don't yeah, but Jay Happ, was, Jay Happ was an accident. I mean, even they did not know Jay Happ was going to be that good. I mean, look, they got they got Russ Martin, they got they got uh, Burnett. I mean, like they they took chances that paid off. I, I mean, it's, and I said it and I said it last summer when they should when they blew it up the first time. Or, or, or I said because Neil built it once. Given he has earned the right to build it again, I just think they should have blown it up over the summer instead of waiting till now. I mean, that's the sort of half-hearted attempt to get a wild card with 82 wins or whatever the hell happened last summer. I've already blocked it out. You know, I just wish they would have started sooner because if you're going to get back there, and I'm not saying they are, but if you're going to get back there, the longer you wait to do it, the longer it takes to get there. So I, I don't know. I mean, from an attempt, look, my kid likes to go to baseball games. He's got favorite players on other teams. Those guys play here. We're probably going to go to a couple games this year. So, you asked and, Will, Gra- uh, you're Will Graves, but you asked yeah. Bob Nutting <laughs> what it will take for the Pirates to break the cycle of develop and sell when it gets too costly. And the answer you got was, "quote I think you'd have a fundamental redesign of the economics of baseball. That's not what we're going to have." And quote Here's why we're not going to have it because the small market teams wouldn't want to trade their positions for anything, I would imagine, right? They have to like the fact that they get the revenue-sharing money. They have to like that they get to keep their payroll small, and they get this cash they can then line their pockets with. Uh, The small market teams, unless they're trying to compete year in and year out, don't have any incentive. They don't have any reason to try to change this system. Bob Nutting surely doesn't. No, and it's... Uh, like I said, that's the you know people pointed out. Well, Bob paid for the you know voted for the CBA. Uh, that's true, and so did the guys in you know Milwaukee and and um, Kansas City and Miami, um, other places. I mean Tampa Bay. So you know, I mean, I, 
it's not worth it. To, I think it would be great if there was a baseball, a salary cap in baseball. But the guys that run the business, and you know, they'll always point out, hey, there are these outliers. Look what the Twins did last year. Look what the Pirates did from 13 to 15. They never ranked higher than 23rd in payroll and made the, the playoffs three times. So the problem is you can't look at it and say, well, this model doesn't work because it does because teams with, you know, with, with modest payrolls do – you know, make have breakthroughs. The problem is, you know, those owners for the most part decide that they don't want to, you know, double down and, and extend the window. They, you know, it's funny. I wrote a story in 2015 at the end of the season. I talked to Omar Minaya, uh, who was with the Mets at the time, and he said, "Look, you've got a 68-year window for when you start." Well, Neil started in 2007. That window was 13 to 15, and they look. They have the second best record in baseball. It's bad luck. I mean, it was some bad luck. And a stupid decision to pitch Garrett Cole in the season finale against the uh, in, in 15 when they, you should have saved him for the wild or 14 when you should have saved him for the wild card. But you know it's it's it, it sucks. But the problem is you can't look at it. You look at ratings when you look at revenue for the league. It's not it hasn't hampered the league at all. So so why would the owners want to change? It? No, they have zero reason to want to change it. Will Graves from the Associated Press joining me here on the Crowley Show. Are the Pirates trying to rebuild or are they trying to contend right now, Will? Because to me, these trades should have been made. You should try to get rid of McCutcheon. You should try to get rid of Cole, I think, if you're going to rebuild. But they got a lot of major league-ready players in these two deals. And when I look at it, that's not the way you should have gone about it if you're Neil Huntington. If you're going to get rid of your good players then you need to get players who are going to help you in the future. Being mediocre now does nothing to help this franchise. No, I, I agree. And you look what Houston, you know, when they brought in their, their new group uh, five years ago, said, you know what, we're going to suck for a while, and we're going to intentionally suck, and it worked out for them. You know, and, and I think there's something to be – and they look at all their guys. I mean, you know, they splurged on Verlander, but it's not like they went out and spent a ton of money to bring these guys in. They developed their own guys. They got them when they were young, the Correas of the world and the Altuves of the world, and they built. And so but the problem is, I mean, Neil, I'm sure Neil went shopping uh, and had a wish list. And the problem is when people look at Houston, they don't want to give up their good young guys anymore because they realize, holy hell, we can win a World Series by going cheap. And then if you're the Yankees, you what you've done with guys like Sanchez and Judge and Gregorius and all those guys, then – when you need to fill in the, the missing pieces, you just go out and trade for, uh, you know, you go out and trade for uh, the kid from my, whatever. I'm sorry, it's not baseball season. The, the kid Todd Frazier. Uh, Stanton, for Stanton. Oh, right, right, right. So, you know, I mean, that's what they can do. That's, and that's the problem. That's exactly what the Cubs have done. The Cubs do the same thing. They built young, and then when they got there, they had the market, they had the, the, the money to go out and fill in their holes with stars. The Pirates can't do that. So you're right. I think this is like, you know, I don't blame them for trading McCutcheon or Cole. I mean, why spend $90 million to win 74 games when you can spend $70 million to win 68 games? It makes no difference. And, you know, I, and I tweeted something out that Neil said that having Cole and having McCutcheon didn't, or not having them didn't affect their odds of making the World Series that much. I mean, I get what he was saying. The problem is on Twitter, it kind of, kind of looks like he's an idiot. He was basically saying, we are not World Series contenders this year. Right. Um, and everybody knows that. But, uh, it's, I don't know, it's, it's a tight spot. It's a, it's a real tight spot. And it's interesting now with, with, with 
with social media and with everybody getting to watch stuff on your phone and you're never at a market, I mean, I wonder if there's so much thing as, like, hometown allegiance anymore. You know, like, my son, grew, and I wrote about this morning, um, he did a little thread on Twitter about it. I mean, you know, he we moved here when he was two. He went to his first Pirate game when he was four. Uh, McCutcheon was his first favorite player. My son is insane about baseball at eight years old. And as soon as the bloom was off the rose of the Pirates, in the middle of 16, he switched. His best player became uh, Bryce Harper. And then when Harper got hurt last year and, and Judge started hitting all these homers, all of a sudden he loves Judge and he loves Trout. And I think there are a lot of people where their allegiances are sort of transient at this point. And baseball doesn't care as long as you're watching. So... I mean, that's, you know, what you're going to build if the Pirates go on another 20-year funk, and I'm not saying they are, but it's, it's possible. You're just going to have a bunch of people that are going to, you know, come up and rooting for them. That's why you're going to have even more Cubs fans. They're going to have more Cardinal fans. They're going to have more Nats fans. And baseball doesn't care because they don't really care which team you root for as long as you root because that means they make money. So it's weird, man. It's weird. Well, I just had a Ron Burgundy moment when you were searching for the name of Giancarlo Stanton. Uh, I couldn't think of the name either, and I looked at Joe, and Joe in my ear said Todd Frazier to mess with me, and over the air I said Todd Frazier, because anything Joe tells me in my ear, I'm going to believe and I'm going to say. Uh, Will, really appreciate the time, man. Thank you so much, and it's been fun doing it all Steelers season. If if you'd want to do it throughout the off season, we could do that too. Yeah, I mean, you should have me in so I can just take over the whole show instead of just 20 minutes. Okay, we're going to do that. We're going to make that happen one day. You just tell me when and we'll do it, okay, baby? All right, brother. See you. I just called you baby. That was not from Joe. Will Graves, Associated Press. Thanks very much to him. Coming up next, Roethlisberger's interview with Crook and Phony was shocking on a couple of different levels. I don't think he is innocent. I don't think the Steelers coaching staff is innocent. I think blame needs to be passed all around, but... I'm a guy who doesn't get outraged. I'm outraged. I'll tell you why. You're listening to The Crowley Show. There are reports of limited owners trying to persuade Art Rooney II to get rid of Steelers head coach Mike Tomlin. That is so uproariously funny to me that when I read it this morning when drinking my coffee, I sprayed it all over my lap. It is. You got to be kidding me here. Ed Bouchette wrote a nice column in the Post-Gazette saying that if they really want to have influence, then they should have followed other minority leader, Jimmy Haslam to Cleveland, where that guy wants to fire coaches every freaking season. You see... In Pittsburgh, there's a way that things get done. And in Pittsburgh, it's the way that things have always gotten done. Chuck Knoll, Bill Cower, Mike Tomlin, if you hire the right person and you believe them capable of being able to succeed, then you keep them in place. Mike Tomlin has succeeded. Mike Tomlin has the ability to succeed. Mike Tomlin has a big hand in the talent that's been assembled in Pittsburgh. Many would agree, one of the most talented rosters in the National Football League. Mike Tomlin deserves to get another crack at this Steelers head coaching gig. Mike Tomlin deserves to be here, at least in my opinion, as long as Ben Roethlisberger's here. Anybody suggesting otherwise doesn't know the history of the game 
Anybody suggesting otherwise has not thought about where Mike Tomlin sits in the context of other coaches in the National Football League. And for these minority, limited owners, whatever you want to call them, to think that they have the say to walk into Art Rooney II's office and persuade him? How'd they get ownership stake in the first place? Because they don't sound like they're very bright. And if I were them, here's a piece of advice. Don't go in there. Because then you'll forever be the guy who came in and asked for Mike Tomlin to get fired. Don't be the guy who comes in and gets denied because that's what's going to happen. The Steelers aren't firing Mike Tomlin. They shouldn't fire Mike Tomlin. And walking in there as a minority owner and saying to Art Rooney II, I think he should be fired, is a way to probably be on his bad side from now until the end of time. Especially considering the fact that Art Rooney II... <laughs> Art Rooney the second, as I lose my train of thought, why does this always happen? Very quickly. Yeah, right. Sometimes it just happens. Especially when you consider that Art Rooney the second has seen this report leak. I found myself. I now know who I am. But he just did. Self-discovery. Whoever would come in and tell Art Rooney the second that Mike Tomlin should go, was clearly the guy who leaked it to the press that he was going to go to Art Rooney II to say that Mike Tomlin should go. So not only are you that guy, but you're also the leaker. How stupid. I do wonder if this would have gone down had Dan Rooney still been alive. I wonder if they would have showed him more respect. They should show both of them respect. Yikes. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Now that I've stuck up for Mike Tomlin and got so frazzled in my doing so that I lost my train of thought, it's time to bash Tomlin a little bit because just because I think he deserves to keep his job and just because I think he's a good coach doesn't mean that he did a piss-poor job on Sunday. Just because I think Mike Tomlin's good at being a leader of men and just because I think Mike Tomlin's one of the best coaches in the National Football League doesn't mean that he didn't get out coached like one of the worst ones in the division around playoff game. Ben Roethlisberger said today on Crook and Phony that the quarterback sneak is not in the playbook. Ben Roethlisberger said today that when he gets to the line of scrimmage, he does not have the ability to call a quarterback sneak. When I heard that today, and when I reread it, Smoke came out of my ears. New England laughs at that. How small time is that? That is a bad look for Mike Tomlin, and it's an equally bad look for Todd Haley. To not have that play in the playbook, a play that I've seen every other team this year in the National Football League run other than the Steelers, to not have that play in the playbook doesn't make any sense to me. Now, Ben Roethlisberger vehemently denied today that it's his fault. Ben Roethlisberger said, no, I want to be able to do it if it's the necessary play. Ben Roethlisberger said that that's something that he has lobbied for. In fact, he said he's lobbied that on the two-yard line to spread out the team and then quarterback sneak it up the middle to do the quarterback draw. He said he's lobbied for stuff like that. I don't know who to believe in this circumstance. Ben Roethlisberger, who says it's not in the playbook? Or Ben Roethlisberger saying he doesn't 
have the ability to have autonomy at the line of scrimmage when it comes to that play. That's beyond understanding. Ben Roethlisberger has made a career of improvisation. Ben Roethlisberger is the greatest backyard quarterback that we've ever seen this side of Brett Favre. Ben Roethlisberger makes plays all the time that aren't designed to go where he puts the football. Ben Roethlisberger tells us all the time when a play is successful that he audibled into that play. Yet whenever the toss got blown up on fourth and one, Ben Roethlisberger says, oh, Todd Haley called that. As if Ben couldn't have checked out of it, right? So am I really supposed to believe that Ben Roethlisberger doesn't have the ability to walk up to the line of scrimmage and say, hey, guys, we're sneaking in here? Hey, I'm going to climb up your ass. Pouncy, here I come, baby. You're really telling me he doesn't have that ability? If he doesn't, then the coaches deserve to be reprimanded. If he doesn't have the ability to call that play, then Todd Haley certainly does deserve to be fired. I'm not a guy who likes to call for firings, but Todd Haley, his contract expires, I suppose. He doesn't deserve to be back. But even if that is the case, Ben Roethlisberger shares some responsibility as far as I'm concerned. Because Ben Roethlisberger has made a career of improvisation and on those plays decides, "Ah, I'm going to go with what's called. There's a lot of blame to go around for Sunday, but the fact that the Steelers would so clearly go against the numbers on this means that the coaching staff probably isn't quite as good as I've said that they are. Even though they're good. They're not as good because they're not using the numbers that are readily available to them. Ben Roethlisberger in his career is 18 of 19 and picking up first downs on quarterback sneaks. 18 of 19! Yet the Steelers haven't run one in 40 games. Whether it's Ben's fault, whether it's Tomlin's fault, whether it's Haley's fault, whether it's Feetner's fault, whoever's fault it may be, it's absolutely asinine. It's against all logic. And somebody's got to pay because moving forward, that's a play that needs to be made. It needed to be made on Sunday twice. Devin in Pittsburgh, first up today on the Crowley Show. Hey, man. Hey, man. What's first up? First of all, I got to say, we got set fool's gold this whole year. We fell for it, man. When your defense gives up three touchdowns to Brett Hundley, when your defense lets every bad quarterback in the league have their best game against you, we should have known what was going to happen. You know what, dude? I was sitting across from Joe on Sunday doing the post-game show, the beginning of the post-game show on the Steelers radio network, and Joe was producing it. And Joe looked at me and he said, are the Steelers just not as good as we thought? Are they just not a great football team? And my initial response was, they're good, they're 13-3. and three. And then I started thinking back. 
about so all, all the times they had to come back and all the times they had to come back. Uh, Alejandro Villanueva said this yesterday that they got bailed out by their kicker. They got bailed out coming back. Uh, they got bailed out by the teams that they were playing not being very good, despite the Steelers not playing very good for that particular day. I think you're barking up the right tree, Devin. I don't think that they're as good as their 13-3 record indicates, and that's despite and against everything that I said all season long. i got a couple more points. I've never been the one to point at coaches and say they need to go because I feel like players need to execute. They do. But also players need to know what they're executing. How many times this year have we seen these dudes out there looking clueless? Like they don't even know where they're supposed to be. Wide receivers are running wide open. Uh, running backs are running wide open. Tight ends, like, uh, I don't know about Butler. And third, I have to say about the leadership of this team, it starts at the head, not only with the coach, but with the quarterback. We ask so many questions about why this and why that, and you just answered the question. Look at how this dude purports himself in times. And, and when everything's going great, he has nothing but good things to say. As soon as something bad happens, he's throwing everybody under the bus. That's why this team is this way. Where's the leadership from the players? Devin, you're obviously passionate about this particular subject matter. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for the call, man. 412-922-2874. I don't think he's wrong with Roethlisberger. Roethlisberger was the guy that I crushed the first half of the season. Now, he pulled it together and played really well the second half of the year, but it's tough to compare to the all-time great, but Brady is somebody who's always laser-focused. He only cares about the game. He only cares about the play. He's always on the details, and the little things matter. The Patriots would have scored prior to one second left in the game on the final drive. They would have given themselves an opportunity to get the onside kick with like 30 seconds left. And I don't know if that's Tomlin or Roethlisberger, but Belichick and, the, and Brady, they make sure that they're getting at least another onside kick opportunity and a chance at the end to score some points. Brady's always on his P's and Q's. Roethlisberger's not always the most buttoned up. I'll agree with that. And his conversation on his radio show today just reemphasizes that for me. Roethlisberger says, I don't know why we're not doing the sneak. Are you telling me that Haley and Ben and Tomlin all don't know why the quarterback sneak hasn't been run in 40 games? Why are they hiding this from us? Just tell us why you don't do it. It seems like the smallest possible detail from Sunday's game that I want to bitch about, but guys, how in the world... Have we, the media, no answers on why they don't do it? Why is Tomlin being mum on it? Why is Haley being mum on it? Why is Roethlisberger not telling us exactly what's going on? There's a reason why he's not doing this, and I don't know what it is, and it costs them maybe the game on Sunday. God, it's little details that crushed this team this year, and man, I was as guilty as anybody of saying how good of a job they did pulling out victories when perhaps in the past they'd have lost games. I'm as guilty as anyone. Well, they used to lose those games to Baltimore and Cincinnati. This year they pulled them out. Well, they pulled them out largely because of luck. And at the time I fell victim to the narrative. At the time I fell victim to, they're not looking ahead. And I don't think they were. But at the time I fell victim to, they found a way to win. And while they did, it did not adequately prepare them for their most stiff test that they were going to face 
the Jacksonville Jags in the divisional round of the playoffs. Leadership's got a lot to do with it. And I can't for the life of me figure out why they don't do the quarterback sneak. For the love of God. Up next, Josh Harrison says he wants to be traded if the Pirates aren't contending. Can you blame him? I can't. And it is time for the Tequila Cowboy to ride into the sunset. You're listening to The Crowley Show.